Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. What a day we live in. What a time we live in. Jesus is coming soon. So every opportunity we have, we want to do the right thing. We want to just live uh, circumspectly, wisely, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Hallelujah. You know, the level at which things are changing is amazing. There's a lot of things going on, even in the natural, which... uh, will stir your attention. We heard about some meteors flying by the earth recently. One was the size of a school bus <laughs> and then another even larger. Praise God. So these things are going on. All these signs are happening in this time, this hour and so You don't need to have much brains to figure out that we are living in a very unique time. And so this is the time for much prayer, as the word says. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we read a verse of scripture or two before we proceed? I want us to start with Isaiah chapter 58. And observe there, Isaiah is a chapter about fasting. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate. To smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? To bow down his head as a bulrush? To spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? So, up till now, he was saying they had their own opinions of fasting. Now, this is God's way. He says in verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Notice there that one must be conscious of... uh, having things that he has to deal with, uh, loosen himself from, you know. Verse 7, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, looking away from yourself now and thinking about others, that you bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, to be hospitable, to be concerned, Praise God. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Thy health shall spring forth speedily. Thy righteousness shall go before thee 
The glory of the Lord shall be thy rare reward. Then you shall call and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry and he shall say, Here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, if you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light arise in obscurity, thy darkness be as the noonday. The Lord shall guide thee continually, satisfy thy soul in drought, make fat thy bones. Thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Hallelujah. So you can see there that it's basically about considering one's own lifestyle and his uh, approach to the things of the word, considering God and what he's saying above everything else. That's what this fasting is all about. You know, time to check yourself, to judge what needs to be judged uh, privately in your life. And then he says, answers will just flow. Things will uh, happen because Jesus has already paid for us. Jesus has already paid the price, completely redeemed us, and everything is now put in the heavenlies for us in an account. And we just need to adjust things uh, and we'll begin to receive the flow and the guidance and the light shall spring forth and so on and so forth. So that's why we have come uh, to seek God's face and to do some searching of our own lives and what is necessary to be fixed, we want to fix it. You know, there's um, a verse or two about crying out loud here. And in the New Testament, you will find out in James, there is a verse like that, the fifth chapter. So um, there it is more of a judgmental command on um, hard-hearted people, not necessarily always believers, but unbelievers also. Because in James's church, uh, unbelievers were coming. It was a, quite a big church and a lot of stuff was going on there. But there were also very hard-hearted believers there also uh, in that same period of time. So he, he spoke about it and he knew what was going to happen shortly based on the scriptures of Daniel and so on. So he told them to cry, you know, about what they had done and their priorities and cry out to God, mourn and weep and all of that. So... If you find in your life that you have to mourn and weep about something, please do so. Uh, fasting and prayer is a good time to do that. Hallelujah. But let's start as usual praying for the nation, praying for the nations. Hallelujah. According to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this time. We honor you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will be glad in it, because you considered that we should be here today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You made this day for us. Hallelujah. We love you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In verse 1 it says, I exhort therefore, first of all, supplications intercessions, 
giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So the ransom has to be made known. Let's pray. Father, we pray for Israel, the U.S., Malaysia, Nigeria, and India, this great nation that you have given us to pray from, Lord. You have put our feet here. We bless you. We praise you. We bring the rulers of these lands before you. Hallelujah. Whether they be prime minister, president, members of parliament, chief ministers, MLAs, councillors, political party leaders, we bring before you those that are in the various types of government, whether they be senators, congressmen, men of the legislative offices. We bring before you prime ministers, presidents, all manner of authorities, mayors, village officials, chiefs, and we bring before you religious leaders, political leaders, people who are rich, financially, upward, upwardly mobile, families in each of these families, that, that these nations where they control the ear of government even, they declare things privately and they become enforced. Father, we bring such people before you in the name of Jesus that, hallelujah, godliness, honesty, peace, and quietness shall prevail. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah, Abba Father. According to your word in Proverbs 21, we thank you that you can now use all of these varieties of authorities to bring your will to pass which is godly, honest, peaceful, and quiet life. Father, in Jesus' name, before the Lord comes, we thank you that we can enforce the word of God and the will of God on the earth in this day, in this hour. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Motolo balakasta. In every PIN code area, zip code area, private mailbag area, whatever those local divisions are, we bring before you in Jesus' name. In the north, south, east, west, and central regions of these nations, Lord, from coast to coast, from border to border, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Moto breste pravate luparide corobotigele brabala zambre. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, Zembro Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a few minutes, uh, if we can, to just pray for marriages a little bit. Um, we've just been 
you know, we live in a strange time where it's called the last days and, and therefore there will be some natural uh, thinking out there which is self-thinking. It's just individuals thinking about themselves. So naturally, if you look at it, there will be a challenge against marriage and the love of God in the life. So let's just pray briefly for relationships like marriage. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for people who are going to be making the marriage vows and those who are already married in Jesus' name that each one will begin to esteem God's love above every other emotion in their lives, that they will give themselves over to the love of God and live submitting to the love of God, living to bless others, considering them above themselves. That seems so hard to do because we are just used to natural thinking, Father. But we pray right now in Jesus' name that that kind of thinking is going to change and we're going to live the Christ marriage life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for out there, whoever is going through such things, your mercy reaches out to them now and turns things around. A shift will take place in the name of Jesus. Just like in your word that we will return to our first love in a similar manner they will return to the first time when they made those vows when they truly made the vows from their heart to cherish and love and honor and keep there will be a remembering of these realities in the name of Jesus that you are the God who said that he remembers the covenant that they made with their spirit they made with the wife of their youth oh merciful God oh merciful God oh merciful God oh merciful God in your great mercy, O Lord, Rapala Pravaliete Kosukoto, Prala Kamaranda La Pasataya. Let things begin to turn around, Lord. Let thoughts begin to change. La Preste Fefiliente, Lebrosukute Kili Praka Santa Raba, Nenjo Repiliente La Bravalienda Rabaka Santa. Oh, Holy One, in the name of Jesus, La Brameli Kustokropala Fite. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, we'll begin to focus on what has been poured on the inside of us. That we don't have to conform to this world. 
We don't have to be like them. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. Who begin to see you, Lord Jesus, your example. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That home will become a place where each lives for the other. Ona praste mento custe mento custe mento custe monte calpa recruti cosi pretike sucreti pelicru su cosi cretike ni procusto brezeli procusto prefelite queste in the name of Jesus ne potoku prakam prefite frefelite frafalite oh in Jesus name broje mente broje mente feve dica le procusto procune pravante porque pote creste Precious Holy Spirit, help us, Lord. We remember Peter wept bitterly, Lord. Presto le vintele preferiento costa mambra lie. Oh, rapiste, we remember. He knelt down by you, Krepusi, and held your legs and said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. When he saw your goodness, when he saw your mercy, his heart changed. When he saw the way you laid everything and gave up everything, he wept bitterly. You are the hero, Lord. It is your life. It is your love. We are learning from you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of being your children today. Bearing your nature today. The love of God, the Father, has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, given unto us. It is your love, Abba Father, Kroposoto Kroste Presente, that gave his son, Prasukupa Katapari Katokosto. Oh, help us to think and bring that love up above every other emotion in the name of Jesus, in our marriages, in our homes. In the name of Jesus. La praste prafatapa la chakrasta lamanda. Thank you, thank you, thank you for instilling within us, O Holy Spirit, such thoughts in these last days. Kropa sucrete protocolamente calabaya. In the name of Jesus. La braseselo kropo ziparapa la crapeltelemia. Toko shike rike toko rapa zaka rapi leke te keriente. 
Worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your mighty strength, your power that is made perfect in every area of weakness in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. So that when we are weak, we can say we are strong. Because your strength is ministered through each one's thoughts as we yield to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We receive, we receive, we receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Just a few thoughts like that. Meanwhile, I, I want us to look at the Romans, the 8th chapter, for a minute there. Romans chapter 8, and there's this wonderful scripture at the end of Romans 8, which we have heard and seen, used. Verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Notice that this is a a verse connected to praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying led by the spirit of God. So it, it begins in 26, the spirit helping our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. The spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered which is supposed to mean in uh, words which are not a learned language. 27, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then 28 continues, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So you know, we cannot take that verse just um, on its own. We have to accept that it flows with each of the previous verses. So when we say, Holy Spirit, you're going to help me to pray, and then we open our mouths and begin to pray in the Spirit, then he comes and helps us to pray as we ought to, uh, because he knows the, the will of God, And he can direct our prayer. And then he says, we know that all things work together for good. Notice that there's an end result here, which is everything working out together for good. So no matter what has happened, no matter what it looks like, um, no matter what has happened and caused pain or regret and damage or whatever loss you think, God can still... Turn it all around and make it work together for good. Hallelujah. That's the amazing thing about God. He's able to come and turn things around and work all things together for good. Hallelujah. You know, think about that for a minute. There's nothing hard for him. He can still turn everything around for good. As we give ourselves to prayer in the Spirit... And press into it, we can know. 
we can get to a place of knowing that everything is going to work out together for good. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, especially in these last days, let's give ourselves to uh, yielding to prayer in the spirit more and more. Hallelujah. There's a small condition also in that verse. It says, to them, all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, if you are a believer, you are already chosen called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Thank God for that. Praise God. And there's a purpose in God, which is, you know, you have to be available to share the gospel, go out there and just be a witness and uh, let your life be a demonstration of the goodness of God. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, he said, I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. And ordained you. I put my hand on you. That you should go forth. And bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. So God has chosen us. Jesus chose us. You know. Praise God. And put his hand on us. And said go and bear fruit. And your fruit should remain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those things must happen. Then comes this thing called the love of God. The love of God is the love that has put us ahead of himself. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. The love of God is a love that is actually going to put others above themselves. Be, you know, it's, it's interesting. That, that's the love of God. So for those who put um, the love of God above the love for themselves, with this kind of prayer... With this yieldedness, notice, they are now going to be in a place where the Spirit of God can help them to turn everything around for good. Hallelujah. So I believe, you know, our life is always a kind of tweaking or an adjustment constantly. Every day, we're constantly having to adjust, make a few adjustments here and there so that we are fitting into the purpose of God so that he can work everything out for good, no matter what has happened before. Hallelujah. So we have called to this life to choose to prefer others above ourselves. And it's not a new thing. It's written in Philippians 2 that we are supposed to esteem the others better than ourselves. Amen. So, sorry, there's this little fly flying around. So if I wave my hands, don't mind me too much. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I believe that we're going to be yielding ourselves more to prayer and contemplating these things. And so you don't have to worry. God will still turn things around and make everything work out together for good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So give ourselves to a little bit of prayer in the spirit every day. Uh, try to do it as much as you can. Not necessary that you have a certain time or time period for it. Just be open to constantly praying every chance you get. Hallelujah. And have these kind of ideas. Start to put God's love on top of everything else, especially in these last days. Hallelujah. God has chosen you, put his hand upon you, and ordained you to go and bring forth fruit or bear fruit. And your fruit should endure into his everlasting kingdom. 
the results should come out even into the next life, next time uh, age. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's pray a little bit just in tongues here. Father, we bring your people, each one before your throne, each one of us, no matter what has happened before, no matter what it looked like, Lord, we thank you that you have called us, you have chosen us, you have put your hand upon us for your purpose. We decide to yield to your purpose. Let your purpose and your plan be number one in our lives, Father. We desire nothing more than that. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Help us to walk in this love. Help us to live it out in the name of Jesus, for which we were created, Lord. Shepagaza, Brikotofaramba, La Porcoto, Preste, Peticoro, Sambrele. Brovidi brambalcana breste, te cotocoriste presimite cantileboro, anavrava vile crumusco pugebrestia, quickening in the mortal body, nicodo crosto cropete celebrea, restoration in lives, reconto bronto brombo licala paracasica la manta, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, necrisemente prasimeto cosebete crapazanta ramalido coroboia. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for seasons of prayer on a daily basis that are just coming upon us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive it, Lord. We, we accept it, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're expecting things to work out. Things are all going to work together for good. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus. I'd like us to just look at a scripture in John, the fourth chapter. John, chapter 4. Observe there, this is about going to Samaria and so on. <laughs> you know, the disciples were not very excited about going to Samaria uh, because the Samaritans were people who um, were not completely Jews. They were half-breed, you know, type of people and they were not liked by the Jews. And so the Bible tells us about the Good Samaritan. So it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't, meet, it doesn't fit in there. Uh, how can a Samaritan be good? So he's called the Good Samaritan. See? So um, by nature, they didn't like them. And so when Jesus said, we have to go to Samaria, they were not happy about it at all. But you see, thank God that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> and he knows that Samaria needs Jesus. Amen. And that in spite of our own uh, little ethnic uh, hindrances and thinking, we uh, still have to yield to what God wants us to do. And so Jesus said, we're going to Samaria. And so I'm sure the disciples were not very excited about all that. And uh, eventually they left him and they went off to go look for food. <laughs> 
That's a good thing to do when you are not really on the page. Just go look for food, you know? So um, you can see that they were very normal type of people. There was nothing special about them. They were not saved. They were not in any advantageous position like we are born again. Some of us are filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of us are receiving good instruction. Definitely we have a better place. Praise God. The new covenant has made us sons of God. Amen. So these guys were basically very natural. And uh, it's from there that they are acting. Notice um, verse uh, 32. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. So, you know, he began to tell them that there's another kind of food that he is eating. Just like it's natural, but, you know, which quickens the body and is supposed to help our overall life and span and energy and all of that. There's also another kind of food which quickens us, which strengthens us and sees us to the end of our life. Hallelujah. It's called something that is hidden, he said, it was the will of God for him. You know, whatever the father had for him, he said. Verse 33, therefore the disciples said to one another, has any man brought him ought to eat? They're still thinking naturally. You know, maybe Jesus is talking about some secret uh, delivery guy, some dunzo guy or some swiggy guy who came while they were away, you know. But this is different. Verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Notice that. He says that's his food. His food is to do the will of him that sent him and to finish the work. Glory to God. So today we may not be entirely uh, aware of these things. Some of us may be more aware than others. But the fact is, there is a plan for each one of us in God, which is going to satisfy us and provide strength and livelihood and keep us to the end till Jesus comes. And that is the will of God for each one of us. It is also sometimes called a cross. You know, Jesus said, each one must bear his cross. That cross is not his cross. It is the cross of the individual. And the cross of Jesus was the will of God for Jesus. The cross that we bear is the will of God for us. So the will of God has to do with uh, location, um, time. It has to do with doing certain things which God has put in his word. Because the will of God is the word of God. So an understanding of what the will of God or the word of God says will help you to do the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to be looking at things like that a little bit. And notice that that will fulfill, satisfy, energize, invigorate, build you up, just like food should, and sustain you all the way till we meet Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said the, the will of God of that sent him and to finish his work. So that was his meat, that was his food. To do the will of God that sent him. Amen. Sometimes I would ask people, 
did God send you to Bangalore? And it would cause trouble immediately because most of the time people, you know, just come naturally. They, they just came to Bangalore for a job or for the weather or for retirement or whatever else. Hallelujah. But you can always start fresh. You can start from the day that you hear these things. You know, God has sent us. Jesus knew that God sent him, that he came from there and he was going back to him. Notice that. And that's what's going to happen to us also. We came from above. We are born from above and we're going back there. Hallelujah. So in between, we have to do his will. And that is a kind of secret food. You know, so you are not just uh, kept and sustained and energized by the chapatis and the mutton curry and the vegetables that you eat. It is doing the will of God that's going to sustain you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, each time you have a, an opportunity to fast and pray, you are trying to find out how you can fit into the plan of God for your life. How you can do more of what God created you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Now he, he goes on to talk about the harvest and, you know, the eyes should be looking at the harvest. So their eyes were looking at the lunch pack more than the <laughs> harvest. <laughs> so he had to kind of lead them and show them the harvest. He said, look at the harvest, not look at the lunch packet. Of course, lunch is good, but notice that it will eventually find its way uh, into the drought, into the drainage. Whatever you are eating is going to pass out. But you see, we have to be a little more higher in our thinking and begin to consider uh, what's, what am I doing here? What's the plan? Why am I here? Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the naturalness of these people sometimes grabs me and it gives me a good shake because... You know, God is very familiar. Jesus is very familiar with all of these things. And so, um, you don't have to be surprised. He knows us very well. Amen? Verse 36, he talks about reaping and entering into the labor of others and all of that stuff. And uh, verse 37, he says, there's one saying, one soweth and another reapeth. Praise God. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. So some of us are going to reap, some of us are going to sow, some of us are going to do something uh, that is going to be in partnership with somebody else that has come before and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. And the Bible says many of the Samaritans, verse 39, of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified he told me all that I ever did. You remember there was this lady at the well and Jesus um, asked for water and eventually he began to dig into the spirit and he brought a word for her and said, you know, I know who you are and began to explain that she had five husbands and all of that stuff and she said, Ooh, this man told me all that I am, you know, everything I ever did. And she went out and preached just that. Look, I met this person. I believe he's the Messiah. He told me everything. He told me what I have done. Hallelujah. And that single woman there caused such an amazing 
um, impact on that town, on Samaria, a lot of people believed. And so, very, very interesting. Praise God. And um, from there, you notice the development. Verse 40, I want you to notice this. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Hmm. Isn't that interesting that you could tell Jesus, please stay here. And he decided, okay, I'll stay for two days. (laughs) You know, Jesus has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So he's a person that if you say, oh, wow, I enjoyed that. Can you just stay here some more? He'll stay there. Hallelujah. Can you imagine just telling Jesus, wow, I enjoyed that stuff was good. Whatever you were saying. All the things that you were doing right there, ooh, I just enjoyed it. Could you just stay here some more? And he stayed for two days. And 41 says, many more believed because of his own word. Hallelujah. Many more believed because of his own word. So Jesus is a person who can be touched by your desire, by your interest, you know, by what really uh, moves you. If you are really interested in having him so close, he will stay. He will be that close. He says, draw nigh, I will draw nigh. If you draw near, I will draw near too. He's that kind of person. So it's nice to know that we can actually say, Lord Jesus, you know what? I want you more than anything else. I want your purpose more than, I want you more than anything else. And Jesus will say, you know what? I believe I'll stay here some more. (laughs) Already he lives in us by his spirit. Technically he's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Bible tells us that they went, preached everywhere. The Lord Jesus had ascended and sat at the right hand of God and was working with and confirming the word that they preached. So technically he's in heaven, but by his spirit he's on the inside of the believer. And so the believer can say, Lord... You know, I I enjoy being with you. I enjoy what you say. And I just want to walk in a place that is so close that can you just be around, you know. We're not talking about singing the song, Kumbaya, my Lord, which means come by here. But, uh, you know, just a desire for more of fellowship with him, more intimate walk with him, enjoying more and more uh, in the will of God. Hallelujah. So this place um, that he just seemed to wake up one day and say, we have to go there, was in the heart of God, and Jesus tapped into it and went there. And lo and behold, you know, they wanted him. Praise God. Isn't that interesting? They actually wanted him. They said, please stay here. Stay with us. And he stayed two more days. Imagine two whole days with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So... Each of us can tune in and spend more time with Jesus and he will enjoy it and you can fellowship with him and commune with him and he will uh, manifest himself to you more. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, that place became all blessed and um, Samaria became part of the gospel uh, preaching plan. Notice, go to Jerusalem Judea, Samaria. Notice, Samaria came in there. And then the uttermost parts of the earth. 
Of course, the disciples were not thinking about it. But God has plans for every tribe, every tongue, every community. And, you know, even if you don't really like them or you have problems with them, it doesn't matter. God loves them. Hallelujah. Jesus loves them. So our business is to present Jesus to people more and more. Hallelujah. So keep that in mind. What is the will of God for your life is to present Jesus to people. Be a witness. Have an opportunity to share Jesus. Live like he would in that community, in your workplace, wherever it is. Amen. But notice these people desired him. Praise God. Verse 44 says, Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So in his own country, they were not saying, Jesus, stay here, come and be with us. (laughs) Isn't that funny? But these strange people, Samaritans, they said, please stay with us. Hallelujah. So it's like that sometimes. Sometimes people don't really understand who you are. If they knew who you were, if they knew the gift that you carry, if they knew the anointing or the person you are in Christ, it would probably be different. But even if they don't, it's all right. Hallelujah. He came to his own and his own received him not. Praise the Lord Jesus. But the individual desire for Jesus and what he does is very powerful and it can change the history of a whole town. It can change the whole story. So the Samaritan place became a place of great blessing eventually. Notice that. Hallelujah. And so um, you just notice that interest, desire for God, for Jesus, for the things of God, makes Jesus come there and manifest himself and do some more things there. Hallelujah. Praise God. So always keep your heart in that kind of place where you, you want more of him. You want to enjoy his fellowship You're just crazy about him more and more. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, on the other hand, is more relevant in quote to the church today because he was the minister that ministered to the church per se. Amen. Jesus went back after he finished ministering to the lost tribes of the house of Israel. He went back and then Paul was sent by him, which Paul did not know initially. (laughs) To come and build up the church. To fulfill the word concerning the church. So here you notice in um, Paul's ministry also. Very interesting thing. Notice that anytime you read about Paul's work. It's usually uh, accompanied by solid thrashings. Major rejection. Jail time. Etc. Etc. Right? Stonings. Death. (laughs) It's not very pleasant. And uh, he loved the Jewish people a lot. And he always went to them, even though he was initially told plainly that you have to minister to the Gentiles. But because of his love for the the people, he would always start off by ministering to the Jews first. (laughs) And usually after they reject him, then he would go to other places. Anyway, when it came to Ephesus, it was a different story. Ephesus, the whole Ephesus account usually is read from Acts 19, praise God. But if you read in 18, that's where it kind of starts. 
Notice 18, Acts 18 and verse 17. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the chief ruler of the synagogue, <laughs> beat him before the judgment seat, and Gallio cared for none of those things. So there's usual stuff going on there. And after this, Paul tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Chentria, for he had a vow. Praise God. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry longer time with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus, and he had landed at Caesarea and gone up. Notice it continues like that. But notice here, these Ephesian people were impressed with, with Paul. The Jewish guys in that area, you know, they were excited about him. They were in the synagogue when he reasoned with them, as he did usually. He would go there and then talk to the Jewish people of that place, you know. And they said, hey, we like this. Can you stay some more? Praise God. You notice that it's usual that they kick him out. But here they said, please, we like this. Stay some more. Very unusual, isn't it? So you notice that by chapter 19, the Bible continues like that, saying that he spent his maximum time in Ephesus. He preached in the synagogue for a couple of months, and then he ended up staying in the school of one Tyrannus. At the end of it all, the Bible says everybody in Asia had heard the gospel. Why? Why did this staying and this extra time happen in the ministry of Paul? Because the Ephesians wanted him there. Are you seeing it? So the desire of the individual for more is what draws God to that place and makes more things happen there. So we have the brilliant book of Ephesians written to us. You know, Ephesians is an amazing book and the church of Ephesus was awesome. And that is where all the other churches that you see, the seven churches mentioned in Revelation, came out of. They came from that church. Hallelujah. So the persons that you are dealing with or the individual's desire for more of the Word, more of the Spirit, more of God, is going to draw God. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's very interesting that God is moved by our desire. Our interest. Hallelujah. I'm glad to hear things like that. You know, sometimes you, you, you really think, but when you see it nicely written in the Word, then you realize that, hey, it's written here. <laughs> Praise God. So, you know, I believe that you are going to more, be more interested, more excited, more desirous of God because, you know, some prayers you're praying are happening. They are going into the Spirit they are working on the inside of you and you are, you know, becoming more and more desirous to know the knowledge 
of the riches of the glory, the inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of the power, and the revelation of his understanding, and the treasures of his wisdom, and all these things are beginning to make you call out for, oh, Jesus, Holy Ghost, oh, we need this, we need this. We want to see manifestation. We want to see the goodness of God. We want to enjoy you more. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God notices these things. Amen. All right. From there, let's take a small trip again. And uh, let's read something from James. James, the fourth chapter. And observe their familiar scripture. Hallelujah. Notice here, it says in verse 14 of James chapter 4, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow or tomorrow, you don't know about tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. If you think about it a little bit honestly, um, even if you live to 120 or even like Enoch, 365 or Methuselah 969 it will still be a little time compared to eternity that is ahead of us praise God there's a lot of time coming up and we were we were built for all that can you imagine (laughs) it's nice to know that we were built for eternity also for the ages to come praise God and that's where the majority of our time is going to be out there Wow, hallelujah. So whatever your time limit on the earth by your own desire and lifestyle and etc., it's still a little time. It's just a vapor compared to what is ahead. Hallelujah. But the question for us today is, what is your life? What is your life? Amen. Keep that thought and let's go again to another fourth chapter. But this time, the fourth chapter of Proverbs. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For chapter 4 of Proverbs. And let's read verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So the question of what is your life is your life is the word of God. Your health is the word of God. Your finances is the word of God. Your increase in every area, your family, your work, your victory, everything about you is the word of God. It is life, which means the full life, more abundant life, is everything about you, uh, your health, your increase, your benefits, everything is the Word. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is your life? It's the Word of God. (laughs) And it's Jesus, right? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So it's about, you know, attending, inclining the ear, Keeping your eyes on the word, letting it go into the inward parts, the deep thoughts. And then it produces the benefits of that life and the health. It is health to all your 
flesh. Every kind of organ in your body. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, from looking inside, you now begin to look outside. Notice, he says here in 24, Put away from thee, or rather 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So we're still looking inside. Keep your heart, keep your heart with all diligence. The word keep means to be like a soldier, guarding your heart. So if you guard what goes inside to your deep thoughts, you will be able to have the desired effect for every area in your life. That's all you need to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then you start looking outwards, 24, put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Naturally, your mouth must be in check based on what is on the inside of you. Let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before thee. So what you've been looking on the inside is now going to affect um, how you look on the outside. Praise God. Are you getting this? Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. So you can actually look and see how your feet are going. You know, uh, is this a solid place to step into? Is this something that has a good um, plan and an eternal value? You can ponder all those things step by step. You know, your life is worked out in steps and then eventually in days, not in just volumes of time. Just look at it in steps, you know, in days. And next thing you know, it's October. You know, it just goes like that. So from looking inside, it's going to help you to ponder each step and choose the eternal stuff, you know, valued stuff that will endure time. He said your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. Turn not to the right or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. All right. Now, let's back off a little bit into, uh, I mean, back up rather. Let's go towards the beginning of the fourth chapter. Notice there, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Wow. Praise God. This is a good father talking to the children, to the son. He says, Receive my sayings, hear, and your years will be many. How about that for an absolute guarantee? So it's going to profit you. Praise God, we know that. Length of days, riches, honor. It's all going to come as you hearken, give attention, put your senses in the word of God. And it eventually percolates and distills into your deep thoughts and imagination. And then it starts affecting how you look, how you see things, how you walk step by step, and then how you walk each day. Praise God. The issues of your life become controlled by the word of God. Amen. Praise God. So here he is a good father. It, it's, it pays to listen to such a father. He says, if you listen to me, if you accept what I'm saying, if you think about it, if you let it start controlling you know, your deep thoughts. He said, it's going to give you many days. You're going to start living long. Praise God. Verse 11. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. 
You know, sometimes our parents try their best to lead us and guide us and all that. And as far as they have tried, they, they, they believe they did their best, right? But this is a different ball game altogether. This is the Almighty God saying, I have led you in right paths. It's good for you to listen. The way I'm leading you is correct. Don't be worried. If it's in the Word, if it's God's way, go with it. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. Doesn't it just excite you to know it's possible to go in the right path? Just listening, listening and tuning in, letting it go on the inside and receiving it in your deep thoughts. Verse 12 says, When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. It's going to keep you each step. Notice that. Take fast hold of instruction. Verse 13. Take hold fast. Notice, hold fast has become fast hold. (laughs) Of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. The word again is your life. The instruction. In other words, the discipline and the correction that comes from the word. If you look at the word, you will notice in your little app there, it says discipline. It's also written as musar. You know, like my friend Musa. But it's Musar. Brother Musar. Maybe I should start calling him Brother Musar next time I see him. You know, instruction. That means discipline, correction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she's your life. Amen. Thank God for instruction, discipline, correction, adjustment. Our life is just a series of adjustments. And it is better for us to do that because... You live and you enjoy more and appreciate God. Hallelujah. Enter not into the path of the wicked. So there's this person called the wicked, male and female. Go not the way of evil men. So there's supposed to be a path that you just say, "Mm, I'm not entering that way. The word of God has a particular direction and counsel to avoid certain type of paths and certain types of people. And this is a father uh, telling his children, praise God. So I must have helped my children to understand this. I believe we're trying. Amen. Path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Hmm. Glory to God. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Turn from it. And pass away. Notice there's a lot of achtung uh, and warnings about it. Attention. Avoid. Bypass. Don't go near. 16. For they sleep not except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause someone to fall or some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. This is talking about unbelievers actually but praise God even if you find believers like that maybe you have to avoid them verse 18 but the path of the just that's us is as the shining light oh glory that shines more and more onto the perfect day wow you know one thing that ministered to me was that it's not just going to suddenly happen you're going to go Stage by stage. Praise God. That is the path 
of God and his word for the believer. Amen? It's a step-by-step thing. So we don't just suddenly arrive. We never suddenly arrive. It just gets brighter and brighter. Notice that as the word illuminates our path, it gets brighter and brighter. Amen. So I'm on the path until the day when we see Jesus in full brightness. Amen. Let's go down that path. It's a good path. It's getting brighter and brighter. How many of you can testify that it's getting better and better and better? Hallelujah. I can say that. But the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Hmm. Interesting, right? Okay. Having said that, let's also go to the sixth chapter of Proverbs and observe there some verses. Verse 12, it says, a naughty person. Brother Joji was talking about the naughtiness, superfluity of naughtiness. Remember? Hallelujah. Here the naughty person is Belial, another name for Satan. But the direct translation of Belial is worthless. So the, the worthless person or the child of the devil. So it's not talking about believers. The believer is worthy as much as Jesus is worthy. Hallelujah. But the unbeliever, hmm, some of them are naughty, naughty persons. They are like children of the devil. He said he's a wicked man, so some of them can be really wicked. They walk it with a froward mouth. Walk it with a froward mouth. His mouth has no control. He winks with his eyes, he speaks with his feet, he teaches with his fingers. So all these signs that they do, you know, it's been around for a long time. You don't have to join them and do all those kind of things, you know, except for maybe if you feel like, yeah, it's okay, correct and all that, you know. But they've been into, you know, sign language for a long time, according to this. And uh, they're kind of shifty, they use their bodies to communicate things there. He says, forwardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. Major. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. Praise God. So definitely he's not a good guy to follow. Teaching with his fingers. Speaking with his feet. Winking with his eyes. A lot of body language. You know, there's something called body language. They say, if you see the body language, you can tell what they're actually meaning. I did not study body language, but reading the word, I understand that, hey, it's interesting. There's some things you can see on the outside also, which are a representation of things on the inside, you know. Praise God. So, we'll just be careful about this. But notice he's doing a lot of teaching with his body, instructing with his body, with his fingers, with his eyes, and all of that stuff. Praise God. And he's devising things, mischief, continually. And he's sowing discord. And we are supposed to stay away from these kind of people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Very interesting, right? Notice uh, verse 18. He says... A heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. Praise God. So there are, you know, feet also involved, body and fingers and 
all of that. It's very interesting here. Hallelujah. He speaks with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. You may have noticed by now that the devil, according to Jesus, he goes up and down all the time. So there's a lot of movement, but he doesn't sit in one place. He's always like trying to be going here and there, up and down. So the people that he affects are also like that. They're very shifty. They're always like moving around. You remember in our talk about um, basic doctrines, we had this scripture there that says, I believe it's Hebrews 5 and 12. He says that, that you exercise your senses to discern good and evil. As you train yourself to walk by faith, as you teach your children to walk by faith, according to these scriptures, you will learn to actually look at the outside and tell what is going on. Your eyes will become familiar with judging things because you're used to walking by faith, walking by the word. And so your senses become tuned to be in a situation and tell, hmm, shifty, something's not right here. Amen? So God is training us, notice that, to be able to see things on the outside, especially in these days, you know, so that you can see things also and know, hmm, this is not right. Hallelujah? Praise God. Observe the shiftiness and, the, and so on. Praise God. Teaching with the fingers, all of that stuff. So I believe that, you know, this church keeps reading the book of Proverbs. And so we should really start looking at it and seeing it as an instruction for life, profit, and to keep us away from certain type of people. God help us. Notice in Proverbs 7 and verse 2, Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Praise God. So instead of anything, let your eyes be seen things through the word of God. Let the word become like your specs to filter out things. Amen. Verse 3 says, Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Praise God. So notice here he's saying, Let it now be wrapped around your finger. Let it be wrapped around your body. Let your body be tied with the word of God. Hallelujah. Notice we are born again. Our spirit has Jesus as Lord. Every born again person has Jesus as Lord of his spirit. But his soul does not really have Jesus as Lord. And his body does not have Jesus as Lord. So, you know, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that we should have our whole spirit and soul and body preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So when you say Jesus is my Lord, you are correct when you say it, you know, because you're talking about your spirit. But not everybody has made Jesus Lord of their soul or their thinking. And so, you know, you cannot say that he's Lord of your body either. Amen. So we're in the process of trying to make Jesus Lord of our thinking, Lord of our soul, and then Lord of our bodies also, by tying the word everywhere. You know, hallelujah. Let's read maybe two more verses and we'll stop. It's an interesting thought. 
Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Praise God. So our spirits are sanctified. The remaining has to go through the process. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to work on all of that. Notice how 24 takes it up. He says, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Thank God he's going to help us do it. Amen. As he draws us to the word to keep our eyes there, he will help us to ponder every step we take to keep our heart with all diligence. And eventually I believe that our walk is going to be brighter and brighter. We're going to increase more and more. Hallelujah. Praise God, brighter and brighter, more and more. Brighter and brighter, more and more. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. You are blessed. You and your children are blessed more and more. Hallelujah. That's how our path gets brighter and brighter, more and more. Hallelujah. So we are working on the soul and the body also being under the lordship of Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go to Romans also as we... Close. Romans chapter 12. Observe there. You, you may notice verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. I would say that is by the mercies of God that you present your body. Hallelujah. You need a lot of mercy. You see, because you're not going to get it right just like that. It's going to be step by step. And uh, you need to get used to that. The fact that you may fall, you know. Uh, Proverbs 24 says in verse 16, if you don't mind, you could just turn there with me. Proverbs 24:16. Let's believe that that's the correct verse. Praise God. Hallelujah. For a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Ooh. That's why he's a just man. He rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. If you read about the wicked a bit also in the same wicked guy, naughty guy and all that. If you read another verse in Psalms. Let's go there. I thought we would finish, but it looks like there's still more fuel going on. Psalm 37. Notice verse 24. He says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Though I fall, though the righteous guy falls, God is still holding his hand. That's why he stands up again. Woo, glory to God. It's nice to know that. You know, your daddy is your daddy. When you're walking with him, sometimes you cannot trip and fall, right? And the little baby is lifted up. Upholded with the right hand of righteousness, right? So imagine walking with your dad. Like uh, Brother Joji was talking about Enoch walking with God. Conversant conversations going on. You're walking with him. And then you fall. Guess what? He's holding you with his hand. You're going to stand up again. Woo! Glory. 
I love it. That's why the righteous may fall seven times, but he's standing up. He's coming back. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's, let's go back there. It's all good, you know, whatever we just read is awesome. Hallelujah. Verse 16, a just man falleth seven times, rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Notice, 17, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. See, the poor fellow doesn't know God. Amen? So he falls and he cannot stand up. Verse 18, lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turn away his wrath from him. Praise God. So God is all about, you know, restoring everybody. He's not willing that any should perish. You remember in Second Peter, the third chapter, verse 9, he says he's not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of him. He loves the world, he loves the wicked, he loves the sinner. Amen. And so we also have to be the only available outlet to show this great love. So we may have some naughty, wicked people around, but Let's not laugh at them when they fall. Amen. It's natural to be excited when a wicked guy who's cheating governments and cheating people and just living palatially, living a very exorbitant life, and you look at him and say, I'm living righteously and I don't have anything compared to what he has. But, you know, praise God. He doesn't know that it will suddenly go off. He may expand like a bay tree, the Bible says, and grow like grass, but suddenly his end will come. Amen? Praise God. Shall we look at that also maybe, huh? Psalm 92 and um, verse 7. I thought we'd shut up and just go home, but let's see. It's about time. When the wicked spring as the grass... When all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. See, they don't know that. They're going to be destroyed suddenly, just like that. And that will be the end, forever. So we who have information on forever should be looking for chances to pray for them, to be a witness, to reach out to them, to not laugh at them when they fall, but pray for them and love them. Amen? Praise God. I believe you got something today. I believe wrapped up inside there, there are a couple of things he's trying to tell us. And he's tenderizing our heart. I can feel that. There's a tenderizing and a prioritizing, big, big words uh, towards him, his love, his nature, uh, looking at ourselves and, you know, yielding more and more, making him Lord of everything. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe the Lord is ministering to us. Shall we just thank him? We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Lord, you are the righteous judge and you are our father at the same time. You're helping us to walk in paths of righteousness. Our footsteps are ordered by you. As David said, Hallelujah.
I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You have guaranteed us paths of righteousness. You've guaranteed us victory in every place. You've guaranteed us that our path is going to get brighter and brighter until the day we see you face to face. Lord, you are helping us to meditate and ponder on these realities and then it will affect our daily step-by-step walk. It will affect life, length of days, riches and honor. I thank you that we have gone in your paths, the right ways, the old ways, and there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that will cause us to miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. You are blessed.